St Johnston do the double, Killy go down and Kelty join the big time. Ross County turn from a feel-good survival story to an embarrassment. Joining the joke of Celtic Football Club. It's episode 23 of the False Night Podcast. With me today we've got Andy, Lewis and Marcus. How are we doing tonight, guys? Pretty good. In agony. <laughs> Celtic Football Club. <laughs> oh, don't support them. That will, no, uh, I'm really glad I don't. I was brought up right. We'll move uh, on to Celtic's embarrassing behaviour uh, later on, but we'll start with the Scottish Cup final. Uh, a 1-0 win for St Johnston, Sean Rooney at the back coast in the 32nd minute, exactly what happened in the League Cup final as well against Livingston. Uh, but Marcus, do you want to take the, the Cup final? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... It was always going to be the kind of game where the the team that scored first was was going to go on to win it. It is a cliche, but it's true. Like we just can't break St Johnston down, um, in general. So as soon as they scored, like I kind of just didn't pay attention to it because I knew I knew like I knew they just see it a one 0 and we did. Um, it was a scandalous performance from our point of view. Um, it's. It's a bit of an anomaly. I've got an explanation as to why I think it's happened as well. Um, but I don't buy into this whole we've played bad football. Like, um, like not every team is going to play swashbuckling football every week. And we've managed to play good football whenever the game has allowed us to. And then, like, football is a bit more complex than just playing good football every single match. Like, whenever we've had to grind out results when we've been playing like tough teams like Kelly or Dundee United, we've done it. Not not been pretty games, but we've done it, you know? It's um I fully think that and also that the reaction from Hibs fans as well. Um it's like it's it's so they're so fickle, like honestly. Like it's same same happens with a semi final, same happens with a game against Hearts and like wanting wanting Jack Ross booted and that like um when a week ago or a week before the final it was all you know, this could be one of our best seasons ever, and all that. Like we were, if you're one match away, if they haven't one of your best seasons, you know, in the last 20, 30 years, like it does, we're obviously not far away. There's <laughs> not, you know, I fully think like, um, or I hope that another, another summer transfer window. Um, but yeah, I, I could. So I've got I've got a wee explanation into like kind of the Hibs play style and why it didn't work. Um, so should I go into at the that moment? Now? Hibs fans, oh, ah, yeah, yeah. Should I go into that now, or do we want to talk yeah. about the actual match first? Um, or... there's not really much to talk about, really, because I, I, I mean, want... yeah, it was a boring second half, yeah. It was, a, it was a one nil goal up, all right, let's see the match out kind of game. But, what yeah. I mean, it's what you expect for a cup final. I mean, the last few cup finals for years have all been one nilers. Well, I um, think this is the like first three two. This, this is the first time, um in history that the FA Cup final in England, the English League Cup final, the Scottish League Cup final and the Scottish Cup final have all ended 1-0. Yeah. Mm. Um, but um, I think we're here... I mean, is... This COVID season's oh, been bizarre, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, totally different with fans in a packed Hamden, you know, with, um, what, 35-odd thousand, I think, Hibs fans would have been there because they wouldn't have sold out the full half. Um so, but I was saying that the style of play, like, 
I think our problem is that we've got half the tool, the, like the toolbox, um, but we don't have all the tools yet. Is is my kind of analogy? Um, we've got the, the the tools to break down teams when they play expansive football. Um, so, for example, like a good a good thing is like that. So the three nil away at Motherwell in December, Lewis, if you remember that game. You played perfectly against us in the first half because you really denied us the space in the back, uh, you know, to, to run in behind. You doubled up in Martin Boyle, um, which cut him out of the game, and then we had nothing else pretty much. You know, Nisbet and Deutsch couldn't uh, run into space and all that. So, and then I don't know why, but second half, you just reverted to like, yeah, I don't know, you just stopped Martin Boyle and then just like came out as if you were trying to attack and then handed us a 3 0 win. And, that, and that, that really shows like, the deficiencies in our play, but also our strengths. Like when Martin Boyle has space to run into, and when Josh Doig has space to run into in the left, and if you give us, you know, room in the flanks, we'll we'll go and punish you. Um, but St Johnson just like our kryptonite. Honestly, their style of football is our kryptonite this season because we have nothing in terms of breaking down a low block like that. Um, especially when it's so so organized. Have seemed to struggle against anti football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, mm-hmm. and we've, it's been a trope for for ages that we have struggled against kind of teams that sit like Aberdeen. Dirt Dirt McInnes's Aberdeen is another really good example um, of a team we always struggle against with that style of football. But I fully think that um, obviously you. I mean, Hibs fans were like, "Oh, but if you put in Dar McGregor for Portress, I don't. I don't think one player solves like a poor team performance. But if we want to start breaking down teams that play like that." Then we need Scott Allen. Yeah, because... I, was, I was about to say Scott Allen yeah. is the type of person who can, who can, you know, like unlock a defense like that. He can play the killer balls. I mean, he can yeah. play. And the other thing is the, the criticism that our players are again. I mean, it, I was pretty sick with that performance. I mean, one of the poorest of the season, definitely up there with the other uh, Hamden games, if you want, like the cup games. Um, I guess, but um, no, I don't. I just, uh, it just depends on the summer transfer window, and it depends on the start to next season. In all honesty, I'm not going to lose my head over over it so far. Um, but it is very disappointing. I mean, if you know, <laughs> if if we're talking about a chance to win a cup, like we're probably not going to get a better chance for four C. You know, you know, you never know. Like, so um, it is brutally disappointing. But but now that the criticism though, like. Um, People saying boot, boot uh, Irvin, boot, you know, Newell. People putting Newell in their team of the season and then a week later after the final saying that, you know, they never rated him. It's like, I don't know, get some perspective, you know. Like, um, it's not like footballers don't try, I guess. Like, it, it was a gutless performance, yeah, but they don't go on there thinking, I, I want to lose today, you know. It's like... Yeah, like they're, they're not going to deliberately think, put a bad shift in, but fans yeah, I mean, can never really see that. Yeah, yeah. It's, Jack Ross has said he wants to make Hibs a project. So I fully think, like, I don't know, we'll see what he does when we're time. But, like, Gerard even Gerard needed, what, three seasons to, to build three, this Three seasons. Team. Yeah, like, it's totally, I mean, on the one hand, I could, yeah, I can say, and it's part of my argument, so, but, like, yeah, it's totally unreasonable to, to expect, you know, Rome to be built in a day. But at the same time, like I said, it is such a good chance to win a trophy. Um, but the unfortunate thing is that Joe Wicani, teams like St. Johnson, we don't have all the tools, like I said. Um, Jackson Irvin has really 
helped us in the midfield, um, sort of the second half of the season in terms of being creative. But but he doesn't he doesn't play in the hole though. He he's a box to box who can sort of create, who can kind of play hold up when he needs to. Um, but people saying he he didn't he doesn't create enough in midfield. Like there are some Hibs dads that think that like a midfielder is a midfielder and they don't know the difference between like different midfield roles. So like you can't. Like I fully think next season we should be looking to play a kind of a pivot with uh, a double pivot with um, Gogic and Irvin, and then having Scott Allen like just sitting behind the two strikers, and that would be so much more effective in those kind of situations. Um, but I'm just trying to look at it really rationally. Um, obviously, if you'd asked me Saturday, it would have been a different answer. But in terms of a footballing point of view, that's my explanation as to um, why Hibs have been ineffective in that game and in other games of the season in terms of those kind of matches against St Johnston. I just want to jump in there. Like, Obviously, you're saying that you've got Hibs fans who want to play McGregor over Porteous. Yeah, which I think I still I think he should have played, but I think it's unrealistic to think that that one change would have won us the match, you know. Um, I, I, like, I, I mean, Porteous is a, like, I think I totally get like the whole thing that like people are saying, oh, if you'd played, obviously, two kind of veteran centre-backs at the back, it's a wee yeah. bit, like, they're more organised, but Port just has to learn. And yeah, then just, the main point and, was that um, the main point was that Darren McGregor is much, much, much better in the air, uh, more composed on the ball, pretty much than Portress. Not as doesn't give away silly mistakes. Like against a tall team like St. Johnson, you want commanding centre backs in the air. Paul Hamlin isn't an aerial centre back. Uh, Portress isn't really, you know, like McGregor wins every ball comes into him, and he's been he was fantastic against Celtic, and he can say the same. He was absolutely unreal against Celtic, and then the week before. Uh, against Aberdeen, uh, no, not well, midweek against Aberdeen, he was unreal as well. So his form probably merited the start for McGregor uh, and just the kind of team we were coming up against, you know, at all. At all. Like I say, like if it's McGregor instead of Doig that's marking Rooney for, for that, then, you know, he's maybe not winning it as easily. But, um, but yeah, it's um, still disappointing. But yeah, I'm trying not, not to lose my head over it. But the, the, the pressure will be building in Jack Ross because, like, fans will not will, will not see this as a a good season. I don't think, um, like finishing third, yeah, but with objectively third, yeah, like, objectively, the cup yeah, final, yeah, the cup right, semi-final yeah. is a really good season. It's just the bitter taste of um, it's it's. It's, it's, the three, it's, it's the three cup competitions in one season and going out every one of these as playing as badly as we did in every single one. Yeah. It's the manner it's the manner of the performances in all three games. The hardest one was actually the least worst one, if it makes sense, because I don't think we played all too badly. We were kind of unlucky with chances, then it came down to two penalties in the end. But the two against St. Johnson were just pathetic, absolutely disgusting performances, um, from a hip's point of view. So yeah, but I have I've probably rambled on um, long enough, and I don't uh, you know we've got <laughs> probably Saints fans uh, listening to this as well, thinking that you know I'm giving it too much of Hibs' point of view, but um, I can't I can't really help it. I'm a Hibs fan, so but yeah, I, I'm try, I'll try not to lose uh, my head over it, and we'll see what happens next season. Just hope we have a strong summer. But, uh, hope we can cement 
third again next season and hopefully try and win a cup. Going, going, but, going think... from a Saints point of view, though, like they're the first team to win a double, um, a cup double uh, that isn't Celtic or Rangers since Aberdeen in 1990. Yeah. So that's an amazing. That ach- it's an amazing yeah. achievement for I think it's the third lowest budget in the league. I think mm. I read it or something like that. Um, which is an amazing achievement. They'll play Europa League football next season. Um, I think the way the coefficients work, that if Chelsea win the Champions League, they'll go straight into the group stage. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Amazing. I don't, so like, just to say, I don't have a shred of um, like bitterness or anger aimed at St. Johnston. Like, fair play to them. Like, at least it wasn't Celtic or Rangers winning another cup. It's so good to see them. It's so good to see like, you know, as well, like an up-and-coming Scottish manager um, doing really well. Like, I'm really happy for them. I'm just, all my anger and bitterness is directed at my own club <laughs> for yeah, that mean, performance. St. But, Johnston, but I... I mean, sorry, Callum Davidson, that's his first year in management and he's won two cups. The, he's won a third, sorry, he's won two-thirds now of all of St. Johnston's um, major honours. In history. In one season, in, one season, in, in yeah. history. In one, that's mental. And, that's... And, and the scenes of, of celebration of him sliding mm. across the, the hand and changing rooms, I thought that was quite fun, hitting his head in the door. Aye. That's great. And <laughs> Hamden, will still, stuff. Hamden will still smell of beer and champagne uh, by the time the Euros come along, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if uh, Perth City Centre will get uh, trashed up. <laughs> Uh, or if it was, I don't think it was, but uh, you know, <laughs> by all all four of the inhabitants of Perth. Yeah, all all, all <laughs> four St. Johnson fans. You know what I really hope happens though is that like, like they're one of the clubs that have a really unimpressive home support. I don't think their away support's that bad, but you want to see more people like these clubs. You want to see Motherwell and Kelly and that. You want to uh, see more people. Going Perth along. is one of those cities that's a rugby city, though. And... Yeah. yeah, no, totally. And, but, like, and the thing is as well is that. The St. Johnson Stadium, it's a walk from the centre of Perth. It's a long it's, way. It's it literally got a, um, on a junction outside the city. But you just hope it can be the catalyst to, like, you know, your team's doing well, get along to the ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, even if you're not necessarily into football, like, you, surely there's an ounce of pride for, like, the I think I think the, the success should attract, yeah, people from the sur- surrounding areas. You hope, you hope so, because, like, the Scottish League's only get more... Again, it's only going to get stronger if these kind of clubs get local support. Especially if we get one of the bumper TV deals promised. Yeah. I mean, it is all just... Um, I mean, the the major source of income for these clubs is ticket revenue. So the more they get... I mean, we can't yeah. just rely on TV deals because the SFA well, are useless I, I know, when it comes to that. So To, to play catch-up to the other leagues we do. Yeah, yeah. So you just need to improve attendances all across the board. Uh, it would help if people um, didn't support their team based on religious reasons or anything or political reasons. But uh, you know that's <laughs> that's the state of that's the state of Scottish football at the minute. But um, but no, like I said, hopefully, I think it's more politics know. based on which football club you support, which is more the issue. I think it's a bit of both. It feeds into each other, you know. Yeah, I think one one feeds the other kind of thing, and yeah, way yeah. Um, but. Moving on now, uh, and we'll move from Perth to Kilmarnock, where mm. they are relegated. They're down. They lost the second leg of the playoffs. Um, it was 4-2 on aggregate. And Dundee returns to the Premiership after a uh, two-year stint in the Championship. Mm. You guys, watch the, watch the second leg? 
I saw the highlights. I mean, Kilmarnock were off the pace is an understatement. I mean, I, I don't think they even had threatened Dundee. Had it barely had a shot at the ball. Their goal was a bit of a stinker. The penalty. Yeah, and like they just there was nothing they could have done. They 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 were doomed as soon as they kicked kicked the ball for kickoff at the start of the game. You know, their fate was sealed, and. It just seems the club has just fallen into disarray since Steve Clark uh, took the Scotland gig. And I think it was only a matter of time. I mean, as soon as we saw them in that precarious position towards the... Once it got to about the halfway point of the season, then Tommy Wright comes in. And he's not exactly a steady the ship kind of manager. So I think it was only inevitable that we were going to lose them. I think we were saying that... Tommy Wright's more of a, a project manager. Like, see what he did with with St Johnston a few years back. Um, he was yeah. For a long time, he's not the he's not like the Scottish Big Sam to come in. No, exactly. Save a save a, save a club from relegation and then and then move on. Um, I don't think there is a. It's good a... they're they're sticking they're sticking with him, so he can actually they'll, they'll do a hearts and kind of consolidate themselves down there. You know, they'll, they'll maybe get yeah, so. youth. Well, yeah, I mean, do, well, do what Hearts did maybe when they got uh, relegated um, the first time around. You know, like they played youth players, gave them experience, yeah. and then they came back up pretty strong. Like, that's what they should be looking to do. So, so yeah, probably sticking with Tommy Wright's correct thing at the moment. You know, uh, well, well that's, that's if he wants to stick it out. He, I, thought he he was, I thought he said he was staying. I, so I thought they came out and said, yeah, I'm sticking for next season. But I know, it's just that obviously the mass manager exodus yesterday across mm-hmm. all of Scottish football seemed to sure. yeah. shake things up. I think on the like on sort of the, the side of that Kelly game, uh, not on the side of it, sorry, on, on the back of that, um, I think all credit needs to go to Kyle Lafferty. Um not so much for his performance in-game, but uh, he was the only person to come out from that Kilmarnock dressing room um, after a, a, an angry mob of fans had sort of gathered to protest against the club going down and kind of demonstrate their anger. And he basically came out and said that, like, admitted that the team have been shit all season mm. and that... Um, Obviously, the fans are like, we are hurting and this is a disgrace. And he was like, well, it's done. And our kit man, who's supported the club for 30 years, is now crying in the dressing room. So you've got to kind of, you know, he basically came out and said, like, we know how you're feeling, but it, like it's unchangeable. Uh, but I think there's still some credit's got to go to him for at least coming out and going... What's done's done. Let's look forward to next season and get ourselves back up. Mm. It wasn't like, you know, he wasn't shying away for the fact that they've not been good all season. Because, I mean, when you look at the the Kilmarnock team that got into Europe with Steve Clark, it was things were on the up. And then they bring in Alessio, who couldn't speak English very well and kind of started to pull that squad apart. Alex Dyer put it back together and then it started to break apart again. I didn't think Alessio was the problem though. I mean weren't we we were saying in the chat the other day like they were sitting fifth with him. You know it was still a good finish. I, th- but I, I think, think it's the fact that Kilmarnock's fans had 
what, after seeing what Steve Clark did, Kamala's fans had their expectations up, which means yeah. that Alessio was judged a lot harder than he should have been, um, and then was sacked way too early. Because yes, yes, they lost to Connor's Key Nomads in in the opener. Yeah, that's a bad result. But other than that, you know, he did a, he did a pretty decent job with them. Like sitting, it's kind of... like that. That's still a good season for Kelly. You know, just because they're no. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like they maybe got ideas above their post a bit. But, um... It's kind of like what happened to to Motherwell this season. Um, obviously, you get that third third place finish behind uh, the old firm. And then everyone kind of judged Stephen Robinson, thinking that, okay, well now Motherwell consistently deserve top three football. But players left, and then more pressure piles up on the manager. And when you start to lose games, eventually, obviously, he walks. It's it's very much the same at Kilmarnock. They had a good season. Mm. Players either left or just kind of went on a dip in form and the club naturally just started to go down but they they reached a point where it's just like the club was on a massive downward spiral and unlucky for them uh, they came up against a really resurgent Dundee team uh, that Dundee team's really good to be fair yeah. they've gotten better as the season's gone on I think Charlie Adams like I mean He's not a spring chicken, eh? But he's totally put a fire in the belly of that Dundee team. Um, that Dundee team were not doing very well up until about December, and then came out of nowhere to go into the the top three of the, the Scottish Championship. Ah, he that's absolutely nowhere. Charlie Adam must have put in some hell of some speeches in the change rooms. Like, must have. He's absolutely fired them into form. 35 years ago. <laughs> but that Dundee team, I really think this Dundee team is going to come up and surprise a lot of people. I, I really think that they, um, I don't think they'll be anywhere near the relegation slots next season. I really think yeah. that they might be a Dundee United and kind of sit in that comfortable sort of seventh, eighth position. Um, but then that puts more pressure on clubs like County, uh, Ross St. County, County Samirin. and Livingston and St Mirren, yeah. I think it'll be Livingston and County will be the two that everyone will be looking at because I think St Mirren are getting a lot stronger. Um, I agree in that I don't think Dundee will be well, close. St Mirren, I think, will have some good player retention this summer. Yeah, definitely. But I don't see Livingston uh, expanding on what they've done. Mm. And they've looked pretty poor like kind of since... What you always get the curse of that manager who has quite a good season. Yeah, and then has a collapse the next season because he loses a couple of key players. Yeah, um, one thing's for sure, I'm excited about next season in the Premiership because you've got the Dundee derby, you've got the Edinburgh derby, and obviously the Old Firm as well. It's going to be quite exciting um, yeah. in terms of big games. Yeah, I mean the the last Dundee derbies that run at the Italia class, the six two was amazing to watch as a neutral. Yeah, um, Dundee derbies are always really good games, mm-hmm. like. You never get a boring Dundee Derby. I'll give them that. Um, and like, it's no disrespect to either use Marcus and Sam, but there's sometimes that the Edinburgh Derby is a bit of a snooze fest. 
Yeah, you know what? I'd agree with that. Yeah. Everyone's too scared to go out and play football in the Edinburgh Derby. They're always one nillers, and it's always They're never good games of football. I'll give you no, that exactly. It. It's just I, pure. Do you remember the one we went to a few though. seasons ago, the sack race, Heck and Bottom Levine? Right. God, that was a yeah. stinker. That's possibly one of the worst games of football I've watched. Is that the one with just like um, Aaron Hickey's going? Aaron Hickey. Yeah, Aaron Hickey. Aye. But the atmosphere tops everything, though. Like, yeah, I'll give, so, I'll give yeah, you the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. I will give you that. Yeah, well, you need to come to one. You need was, to come to one first, Lewis. There was that nil-nil that me and Marcus went to at, at Tynecastle. Mm. The worst game I've ever seen, but then it was lighted yeah. up with the whole Lenny situation at the end. We got I mean, as a... As a well, Spurs I'd say you can hear it, but Hearts have the two fans. Uh, as a Spurs fan, you said that it was 10 times the atmosphere in North London oh, yeah. as well. And everyone down south goes on about that one as if it's like the best in the country, in, in the UK. And it's, like, it's clearly not... Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing, but mm. I think the Premier League is a completely different topic. How the Premier League is kind of sterilised. Yeah, I do think, and 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 sort of on the flip side of that, like I do think that the whole problem with the Capital Derby for the last couple of seasons has been the managers that have been in charge at both clubs. Levine played boring football. Lennon played. Boring football at Hibs. No, he didn't. And Lennon played Lennon football. Is what happened. Lennon, Lennon, Lennon football. Played, yeah. Lennon played. We were like five three and five five. Like at the end of that that um this season we came up. It was very very fun to watch. The um the but it's it's the, 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 the style of football. Like the the style of football has always been quite boring in these games. Yeah. Maybe not so much with Lennon. Slightly more exciting, but um, like Heckenbottom was born football and Levine's born football, so like they are the most boring games you could watch. But I'm kind of hoping that obviously I like I like the tactics of Jack Ross, um, and depending on whether Hearts hang on to Robbie Nielsen or not, I don't know. I feel like they will because Hearts. The Hearts board never listen to the fans. The how many times? Nielsen yeah. literally got them up. Whether whether they had some embarrassing defeats or not, they literally went back up on the first time of asking. So, hmm. but there's there's a lot of, a lot of Hearts fans. Like there's there's a lot of Hearts fans for for me and work, and they always say like, it's nice that we got promoted from the championship, but he's the worst Hearts manager they've ever seen. Wow. Um, because what what they Craig say Levine is, is in about like, four stints. They've had Craig <laughs> Levine, but there's a lot of Hearts fans think that Nielsen's worse than Levine, and the whole that reason is, is because statement. they think that it's. Uh, I know it's a bit of a, a weird statement when you can. They do come out with Levine some weird is. statements. Uh, they do tend to. Come they're out a weird with... bunch. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think what they're arguing is is it's like they're winning games, but it's like really boring football that just wins games. Um and then obviously compiled on top of that sort of defeat to, to broader Rangers, but the worst result in the club's history. I think I think Dundee United would have done better if Nielsen had stayed at them. Uh he would have played a style that would have helped them probably climb the table a bit more than they did like, this season. Because now United Mickey Mellon's gone as well, maybe they can tempt him back. Even United fans said that Nielsen's style of football wasn't particularly impressive in the championship. They were just helped by Shanklin's goals. 
So is like, it um, is it the same for Hearts then? Is it just that they they're were being helped. helped by Liam Boyce? And they've been held back by Nielsen, absolutely. Mm. You know, there seems to be a, a thing at, at Hearts just now where, much sort of like Arsenal down south, it's like it's not so much that the fans have a problem with their manager, it's the board. It's like, the board for the oh, board Budge, for... yeah, Budge has been detrimental to their lack of There's... success. There's a whole thing now that it's like they want rid of. Not only do they want rid of Robbie Nielsen, they also want Budget to go as well. They've wanted Budget so, since uh, the Craig Levine uh, drama and protests and that. Aye, but they've been going yeah. for years about getting rid of Anne Budge. But the thing is, who are they going to get back? Like, who are they going to bring in? Because look they at Vladimir, <laughs> Vladimir Romanov ruined well, no, that. Stuff. They're, they're going to have to wait till the foundation takes over, and I think it's like scheduled to be. I don't even know. You'll have to ask a jambo, but like the end of this year or next year, maybe. So like, there's no point. Like they're stuck with Budge until they hand over to the Foundation of Hearts, pretty much. So um, see, it's I'm, either I'm they're gonna, gonna but play. I mean, you've got to think: are they gonna hand it over to the Foundation of Hearts, or are the Foundation of Hearts gonna have to take over like the club? Cause... What do you mean? I mean, I don't think they could legally take over, but that's in, in what way take over? I mean, like, like are they, is it gonna have? Are they gonna have to put enough pressure on Budge that she walks, or is she just gonna give them the club? Because I feel like, but like, I don't they're know. Gonna I, have to put I, pressure I don't, I don't on see. Them. I don't see in what way that the foundation could put them under pressure. I think they're enough. They're under enough. Pre- you know what? It, it would be good to get a, a jambo on, like either um, Kyle or um, my pal Keith as well, um, to actually talk about that. Maybe if we ever get one of them on the future, they can. Uh, I'd like to hear but... what they think because, like, yeah. all I've all I've heard for the last se- the last season is that we want they want rid of Robbie Nielsen and they want rid of Anne Budge, mm. um, but but no, but the, the 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 handover to the foundation is happening at some point. It just it's just a matter of when, and I think it's been held held back by COVID because I'm pretty sure it was meant to happen last summer. Um, so yeah. anyway, um... yeah. We'll be moving on now from one set of hearts to another as Kelty Hearts are promoted to League Two. They beat Brecon City 3 1 on aggregate in the uh, Pyramid Playoff, and so they'll be, be they'll be into League Two, which is there's more of them. There's more, yeah, there's more, more, t- uh, more teams from the, the Lowlands and the, the Highland League coming up. More, um, more Jambos, more Jambos story as well, about... yeah. <laughs> all, all credit to them, like. They were a team that everyone had sort of heard of um, purely, I think, because they were managed by Barry Ferguson, who's now at Alloa. Yeah, he's yeah. left and joined, joined Alloa, yeah. Left and joined Alloa, um, which is a good step up for him. Uh, but, I mean, a club like Kelty Hearts to be in League 2 is, is really good for them. Yeah. They, they join a long list of clubs who have come up from the, the Lowlands and the Highland League through that playoff um, in recent times, like Edinburgh City, Cove Rangers, um, are the ones that come to mind, and they're they're kind of replacing the te- teams that kind of been a really kind of mismanaged in terms of the way they play the football or mm. financially, and those teams are going down to a place kind of where they should belong. Um, yeah. But the establishment, definitely, the establishment has kind of kept them in in the league system, but now they they're going down to to the non-league system and you know kind of where they should belong and these teams are coming up and 
I know it's good to see some new faces in in the leagues. It's uh, yeah. it's not even, not even at this side of the pyramid though as well. Like even way far down the pyramid in non-league football, what you're finding is you're getting a lot of junior sides are now joining a super league. It's not like a super league like the European Super League. Of course, yeah. But these junior sides are joining like leagues, um, the likes of sort of. Um, like well, in my area, when Lithgow Rose um, and Falltown United and Blackburn, I think it's Blackburn Athletic or something. Yeah. Uh, like these teams have always been. These three teams have always played Scottish Cup. Like they're eligible for the Scottish Cup. But there's now like other teams like uh, Armadale Thistle, Bathgate Thistle, and uh, there's another one, but I can't remember off the top of my head. There's a lot of these like non-league teams, like they're just junior amateur sides, are now moving towards trying to get SFA licenses, and licenses get, for the system, yeah, to get into the system. So it seems to be like Scottish football is getting a change in dynamic. Where I feel like we're going to get to that sort of FA Cup sort of stage, like England, where any team can play FA Cup football as long as they get through the pre-preliminary yeah. rounds. Um, like for example, like um, like hashtag United sort of style. Um, you saw Maureen FC that... play Spurs, didn't you? In the in the third round, back in January, in the English Championship. Yeah. So like that, that's a feel good story that we want to see in in the Scottish Cup as well. I mean, the last time I think I seen a sort of junior league side play in the Scottish Cup against a team that were, like, really far up, I think mm. would have probably been when Lithgow Rose playing, I think it was Ross County. Yeah, the Broxburn played St Mirren as well. They filled, um, they filled their way in as well. They did really well. Yeah. Um, that was, like, last season's Scottish Cup. Yeah, it was one for a couple of seasons And then well. look at um, uh, BRC Glasgow playing Hibs. Oh, I as well, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't make it to that one, but um, that looked... Well, we didn't play well, but still. Another club that, you know, has, has pulled off a few shocks in, in the Scottish Cup from kind of down the leagues is Auckland Lake Talbot as well. Um, oh, I... I forgot about them. Yeah, they did they not beat Plays, They played Hearts. No, they played Hearts a couple of seasons yeah, ago. I had, to, I had to Google because mm. I couldn't remember who it was, but yeah. Um, they knocked no, out sure. Air as well. I'm sure they knocked out Coman. Was it Air or Coman? Yeah, Air. they knocked out Air, Air and then they, they built it as an Airshire derby and then they ended up knocking them out. But I'm sure yeah, that uh, Auckland. Really. I'm sure Auckland like play. Hold on. They played Hearts and. Yeah, they they drew with. It was like a, a two-legged game. I'm sure. Yeah, that was it. It was in the Scottish Cup. They drew one-one, but then got beat three-one in a replay. So you you, you yeah. get all these nice these nice stories, and then. Kelty Hearts just add to that now because now you're going to see a, t- a team that have just come up from the Lowland League. Mm. Uh, sorry, no, Kelty Highland League or Lowland League? They, they uh, came from the Lowland League because they beat Lowland, they're from Fife. Yeah, oh yeah, Kelty's in Fife, yeah. Somehow or another, I've been to Kelty as well, so uh, I know the way uh, or how to get there for a city away day. But it'll, it'll uh, be really like nice to see them in a League Cup as well. Like, obviously, to see them in the, the Premier Sports Cup next mm. season. Yeah, they've had, to um, call them, they've had to call in, what, three long league teams for the 
for the League Cup this, this season coming up because there's five Scottish teams in Europe. Obviously, they don't compete in the group stage. Hmm. So, uh, who's the non-league teams that have been called in then? Uh, the non-league teams who will be in the League Cup, we've got East, East Kilbride, Royal Rangers and, and Breakin. It will be there next season in, in the League Cup. See, that, that'll be nice as well because then you can have some, some, some like, surprise stories, maybe... Uh, yeah, so breaking in a group with Livingston, Wraith, Alawa and Cowden Beath. Uh, Borough with Ross County, Dundee, Forfoot and Montrose. And East Kilwild are in with Kilmarnock, Morton, Clyde and Stranwell. Uh, and the only one of our clubs that are in uh, those groups as well is, is Motherwell. And they've got uh, Queen of the South, Airdrie, Annan and Queen's Park. Air dry. Air dry. Oh my God, that, that guy. <laughs> I'm really happy about this, um, like mainly because the Motherwell social media team have really tried to wind up Hamilton today by saying that the the big derby is back. Because um, the the Lanarkshire derby is technically Air against uh, Air Airdrie <laughs> against Motherwell, or. Um, that wee like boy's passed always... his driving test, though, so... <laughs> that was funny. Having a, street, having a street party in Hamilton because of that, eh? <laughs> oh, that was one of the funniest tweets of the week. Tweet, yeah. tweet of the week goes to Hamilton Ackies for that wee boy passing his driving test, but... Uh, just, uh, everyone no, here at it... wishes that... I can't even mind his name, but well done in passing the driving test. <laughs> hey. um, um, no, like, for, for me... Um, I've never seen Motherwell play Airdrie, like never. Mm. But you always get the stories from your your Motherwell dads. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I mind when we used to play Airdrie all the time, and it just to kick off quite a bit. The last time that Motherwell played Airdrie was in the Scottish Cup in two thousand six oh seven, and uh, Motherwell won one mm. nil. I thought it would have been longer, but yeah. Yeah, um, it has been a while. It has been a while. Been um, obviously, the, the clubs used to consistently meet in the old Scottish system when we were in the, the first division. I just wanted to move on quickly to Celtic uh, and the fact that uh, they have failed to agree to terms with Eddie Howe and now the entire manager finding a manager thing is all up in the air. Andy, do you want to... I was going to get your oh, thoughts on oh. this. Look... Um, it was by the the fact that it had taken so long to manoeuvre this deal, it was bound to fall through. You know, I was more surprised that it hadn't fallen through sooner. But what annoys me the most is Celtic bookmarked Eddie Howe, their number one transfer target. You know, they told them he's number one. They've put all these papers out. You know, they talked to papers. They let people know how the deal was going. And then they released a statement today. Eddie, so Eddie Howe was in Glasgow. He was spotted in Glasgow today. The, the record releases a statement saying Eddie Howe will sign this manager today at noon. And noon goes by. And then it's two, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. And at 4 o'clock, the paper comes out saying Eddie Howe has rejected personal terms with Celtic. The deal's fallen through. And they said it was out with both parties' control. Now, if a deal is so fragile that something out with both parties' control can go ahead, then why didn't it fall through sooner, you know? What, what was it? Apparently the board weren't offering him the money required and also his backroom staff were ineligible. Like, a lot of them didn't want to move to Glasgow and some didn't want to leave Bournemouth. 
despite Bournemouth not getting promoted. And uh, so this whole hullabaloo has really just like stemmed from the fact that why were Celtic only pursuing one manager? You know, their their post said they're going to resume a ma- the manager search, which means do they not have other bookmark targets? You know that they could have talked to and said how. And also they put all their eggs in one basket for how that whoever comes next after him is going to know they're not the first choice. You know, like the uh, it's just it's such a disaster at this point that a club has waited 100 days to appoint a new manager. Uh, plenty of clubs in Scotland now have appointed... I mean, Ross County appointed, although it's Malky Mackay, which, you know... I think you were yeah. going to get on I think I'd rather have Neil Lennon yeah. back than Malky Mackay. Although, it's him. At least he was appointed in a matter of hours. Yeah, I think it was a day or two uh, between John Hughes leaving and, and yeah. Mackay joining. It's, it's just not something that, like... It, I don't understand the sheer incompetence of the board. Like... If you can't blame the players for gambling the ten, eh, for blowing the ten out, it's purely the board's fault. And then they're whole, they're going, oh well, there's a lot of change over the board, you know, like we're swapping, you know, the whole board switching out, you know, Peter Law's guys are going, uh, new guys are Dominic Mackay's guys are in. Why wasn't Dominic Mackay if he knew he was going to be the new Celtic CEO? Why was he not pushing for the deal before he was like officially confirmed? You know. Like, there's so many people that get tapped, like, managers that are tapped up. And, like, Tuchel was tapped up at Chelsea before Lampard was even sacked. Why, if they knew the season was going awful, they should have had some sort of contingency plan. Because it'll be John Kennedy, John Kennedy will be playing our our Champions League qualifiers and we'll get knocked out in the first round. So, I know exactly what's going to happen. And co- yeah. at this point, yeah, it's yeah. just incompetent on top of incompetent on, co- on top of incompetent. I, I just want to come in though, Andy. Right, like your club's released a press state a press statement saying we're going to continue our manager search, and you're assuming that they haven't got anyone else ready. It could just be that they're saying manager search is a general term. Um, okay, but after a hundred days, yeah. you surely would be able to get a manager. After that much time, you, you'll have already done interviews with several. But yeah, but if those candidates have heard that Eddie Howe was in Glasgow to sign the deal and then didn't sign, they might not sign because they're going, oh, well, I was second choice. She told me, like, you know? But it might spur, it might spur one on to take the deal, knowing that, like... But if they were interviewing, they were probably interested in the job. Like, imagine you, yeah. you go for the job at McDonald's and they say, actually, you're not McDonald's quality. And then they phone you back and say, actually someone with, that was going to join our team has decided they're not going to. Would you like to come back from McDonald's again? Yeah. You know, like, it, it, it's the same for any job as football manager or not. That's an insult, practically, that. You know, so, it's... it's I'll, I'll agree it's an insult, but whoever comes into Celtic, you know, like... But the fans will know their second choice as well, which means they'll be far harsher on a new manager as well. The, the current bookie's favourite is Ange Postacoglu, um, who's managed Brisbane World and Melbourne Victory in the A-League. He's managed the Australian national team and he's currently managing in Japan with Yokohama F Marinos. He's won you know, uh, a couple of Australian titles. He's won the, the, the Asian Cup with Australia and he's won the, the J-League with, with, the, uh, with Marinos. But that's not the type of... like. Yes, it's a manager doing well and you know winning the old trophy. But is that the type of manager that Celtic want? Is that the type of manager they're kind of trying to? No, Celtic want a project. I mean, I can't say he's a project manager or not. I 
know absolutely nothing about him. And the last time Celtic had managers that they knew absolutely nothing about, it's not gone the greatest. Mm. Which is... Uh, I mean, we've had some hit and misses. You know, we had Ronnie Dyla, uh, who was treated far too harshly by the fans. But I don't know if that's looking back on his touch. I mean, he did did get humped at home by NK Maribor in his first match. So we'll see about that. But um, there's been... If you, I don't understand how this man has jumped to the top of the shortlist. You know, he wasn't even available when because the J League was season was still going on when Neil Lennon left his post. So this guy has clearly just finished this J League season a month ago, right? He's gone. Actually, I've been here three years. I'm not going to renew my contract. He's now available, and Celtic have literally gone on transfer market, searched available managers, checked what they were getting paid at their old clubs, and gone, "Oh, we can afford that." They have. N- if this guy has reached the the top of the pile, like. The other managers they were talking to, other than Eddie Howe, people like Roy Keane, what they're doing is they're absolutely scraping the barrel at this point. They've clearly got no money to, that they're willing to spend on a manager. But Gerard is making absolute wallets full, right? Like Gerard will be making, what, two mil a year, maybe? And Celtic clearly aren't, because that's what, about, about what Rogers was making. And I remember when Gerard signed, he said he wanted to make what Rogers made. And apparently that's what Rangers board has decided. So they're clearly absolutely not going to splash the bucket, which is probably why Eddie Howe didn't sign. They're probably under underwaging him, get, giving him less than what he was getting at Bournemouth, and also means they're not going to back him in the transfer window. So yeah. at this point... Like, it's not even... It's, it's, I'll just it's take not anyone. Like, I'll just take a manager. Yeah, but it seems to be like your board's going for anyone who's got a Celtic connection. So with the exception of Eddie Howe, like Roy Keane played for Celtic. This guy at Yokohama uh, Marinos has managed... He's had nothing to do with Celtic at all. Uh, He would have managed Tom Rogic when he was the Aussie manager. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) He's managed Tom Rogic. I I mean, Sam, you... I'm sure you said that he'd he'd managed uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, but Shinsuke Nakamura plays for Yokohama FC. The other Yokohama side, yeah. 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 And I was going to kind of jump in on that there and say that like there's obviously a link to Shinsuke Nakamura but there's not um, it just seems to be like it's, maybe it's met him straight... at a pub in Yokohama <laughs> <laughs> they're just looking for like he's just, he just kind of standing around that pub obviously like, I would take Shinsuke Nakamura to be our manager you know what like I mean you probably could the man is 42 though and still playing he's still kicking he's got an asteroid named after him Asteroid two nine nine eight six Shonsuke is named in his honor. <laughs> More you know. Nice. Yeah. I mean, this like to go to go back to the Celtic thing. I, I do now. I, I agree with Andy. Like it does seem to be like let's go and transfer a mark, see who's available, and then they're looking at like Josie Marine. Well, not so much Mourinho now because Mourinho's now at Roma, but like they're going to look at like Zinedine Zidane and be like, can't afford him. And then it's like, I don't know. Conte can't afford him. Lampard can't afford him. Allegri's gone now. Conte can't afford him. Favre is out the budget. Spalletti out the budget. This random guy. Peter Boss has just left Leverkusen. But the guy that's just come into Leverkusen's job, Celtic could have actually gone for. I mean, Roberto Moreno. Got Jardim. 
Jurgen Klinsmann, Nicky Sanchez Flores. Klinsmann, Klinsmann at Celtic, I'm down. <laughs> AVB is still available, still on the market. Eddie Howe's popping up. rallying cars, yeah. isn't he, AVB? Mark yeah. Van Bommel. I'm telling, I'm telling you now, right? Patrick I would have loved, had he not went to Fiorentina, I would have loved Gattuso. to have seen Gattuso. Gattuso so played for Rangers, so he I doubt he would have gone to Celtic. Never would have gone to Celtic. But, yeah, um... he played for Rangers. He said Rangers was the best part of his career as well. Apparently, yeah, as a Gaza used to play pranks on him all the time. So I doubt what... he would have gone to Celtic. What do you think of Ryan Christie? <laughs> right, Ryan Christie will be going in. Uh, so he's six. His deal ends in January, right? Because he never signed a new deal, which means uh, after the first of June, clubs are able to talk to him about joining in the January transfer window for free. Which means you've just lost a player you've cobbled money into to develop, right? Who is in the prime of his career at twenty six? Uh the pr- season previous to this, and his best goal haul ever, is going to be leaving on a free. Especially if he if, has a good Euros, clubs are going to want him as well. That so. is absolute mismanagement by the board. All they need to do is even give him six more months on a contract so he, can, he doesn't go on a free. It's just... Mismanagement is an understatement, actually. It's complete shambles. But that, say, that's, the same, that's the same with Motherwell, with Alan Campbell and Declan Gallagher. We could have had them gone on new contracts and made a lot of money on them. And now, not so much Alan Campbell. He hasn't even been called up for the under-21 squad. But then he is injured. So, um, the, um, that, the, the that highest... makes sense. But the, the Gallagher thing, like, if Gallagher has a solid Euros for Scotland, he's going to be worth a fortune, you know, because that always happens after a major international it, tournament. Well, exactly. Like, it inflates the price. Get some the, this yeah. is the good thing about okay. Scotland to their first international tournament for a while is the players that play in the SPFL can actually go for some money. You know, we, we're not going to get fleeced by England again. Like, the amount of times our players are just getting sold for pennies, right, to England because, oh, they're just Scottish players, you know? But now, like, we can actually put our put our wang on the table and fight for our, you know, no, I'm not just taking a million, I want five million. It's not even just that. It's like, Look at some of the mad transfers that happen after a European Championship. Like Musa Suzuko to Spurs after Euro... Was that Euro 2016? After Euro 2016, he went for 30 million. No way. 30 million from Newcastle. He's ever worth 30 million. There is no way he's ever been worth 30 million. But because he had good Euros... Ollie McBurney was playing in England. Therefore, that made him worth 25 million. Like... So, but, so you've got you've got players like Ollie McBurney, who's now rumoured to go to Rangers. Rangers for, like, for fifteen million. Fifteen million pounds. Record. You know, like other mad transfers that happen after tournaments. You had uh, Johan Bakash coming to Brighton, and I'm sure they paid a good bit of money for him. Um, obviously, Musa Suzuko. Yeah, for for an Iranian player that was playing for. PSV? PS, was it PSV or AZ? Uh, PSV. 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 So, like, you've got that. And then, like, when you think about it, other like players that you've, you've sort of had amazing seasons, like, amazing tournaments, and then just go into another club. Scotland's got a really nice lineup, like Andy said. Like, imagine, imagine David Marshall has, like, the tournament of his life. Well, he is 37, so... 
I know he's thirty. I know he's thirty-seven, but like, so maybe he's not the best keep, example. We've we got like two or three years left in him. True, exactly. I mean, Buffon's yeah. got forty-two now, probably in the early squad still. Okay, well, let's maybe not think like right, that. Maybe it was a bad example. How Same. about like right, Jay Adams? Jay Adams has a phenomenal Euro twenty twenty. Mm. Southampton then get offers him for like twenty five. 20, oh, 25 million you could get 30, if, if he has a phenomenal tournament, 35 mil about, United say, might bid for him, you know. 35 40, I reckon. Yeah. If he had a good tournament. Um, if Che Adams scores four goals, right, in the groups, he'd go for 40 million. It'd be 10 million per goal he scores in the groups. Genuinely. It's felony, it's, it is felony with confidence. Anyone like who scores against England will get 10 million is. added to their transfer fee. By, by Steve Clark, it will be a subcon. <laughs> A sub clause in the contract. <laughs> no, by fucking transfer marked. Like, because, oh, the English national team's the best in the world. That's why they've never won a Euros. Should we uh, move on? To uh, well, I want to move on slightly quickly um, to yeah. Ross County, who are almost as much of a joke as Celtic are. Uh, they've released quite a few of their starters, so including Jerain Hilton, Jason Naismith, Ian Vigas as well, um, as long with uh, seven others. And they've appointed Malky Mackay as their new manager. I mean... Hasn't had a management job in six years. Well, he did have that brief stint after Alex McLeish got sacked, before Steve Clark came in, where he was the Scotland manager. Or was it after Strachan got sacked and before McLeish? It was after Strachan got sacked, yeah. Mm. But, like, this is a man who is just the worst. He's just just a Yeah. Um... Obviously, I think he's a racist. An understatement. I, I think everyone he's a racist. Knows about racist. He's sexist. a racist. I mean, to be fair, he'd be probably quite mistake. popular in Inverness. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> 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 Andy. <laughs> the um, no, I mean, Malky Mackay has what that stint at Cardiff. That's about it. And also, what the Malky Mackay thing doesn't matter at all. Sacking your man, your manager, your assistant manager, his whole management team, and then sacking your captain, your vice captain, and just Top half your players. Well. How could that possibly go down well? Like the fans should be there tearing the stadium apart. They should be the the the, the management team at Ross County were really good. Like and they went from the nicest like, French football to the. Yeah, to, to <laughs> ge- genuinely, it's like hiring. It's like hiring Jesus to fire him, and then just hire the antichrist of football. Like, I'm I'm sorry, Malky Mackay is a just like there's no word to describe Malky Mackay. He's a wet wipe He's, of a man. He is a horrible person, and why a. a such a family orientated club. The statement they put out was we want to keep the club's values and then the day after, oh yes, here's our new manager. Malcolm McCarthy. We, 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 we want to keep the club's values of inclusion and diversity and gender equality yeah, so yeah, we'll yeah. hire Malcolm McKay, a man who stands for neither of those three things. Oh, it's proper, it's uh, madness. It's absolute yeah, yeah. madness. And I like He's not had a job in years. And was he really that good at Cardiff? No. Like, no. Scotland, you can't really judge him on because no Scotland management. It gives me, you know what it reminds me of? I love democracy. I love the Republic. 
<laughs> yeah. <Disney> vibes for that. <laughs> like, oh, it's just the worst thing. And I I know we were hating on Hamilton last season, but I really want County to go down because, like, this next season coming up, because what they've done is just awful in so many ways. Um, I, I, I just want that club, like, and this is nothing against Ross County. I think Ross County is actually a very well-run, very well, good, proper... As of, as of a week like, ago. As of a week ago, yeah. As of, <laughs> as of a week, about a week ago, ago. Yeah. They were a very good, very kind of structured and well-run club. Like, all credit to Ross County for, like... I'm, I'm sure I read something that the entire population of Dingwall would have a seat. Could fit inside in my the... arse. fuck's <laughs> 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 sake. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but they could fit inside the ground. Like it's it's not a they're not a Rangers or a Celtic where they've got a big supporter base and like you know there's a good board behind them. They're very like they're very family local. run club, yeah. very local run proper like grassroots kind of club. But the players that have left the club have just totally damaged them. So like obviously the captain's gone, the vice captain's gone. Lee Irwin went to. St Mirren, they they they've lost like so many good players, and then the management team in turns also gone. Like it just doesn't make any sense. So for me, I just really hope that they have a bad run of form, so Malky Mackay gets sacked. Like there's, there's that's that's the the dream here. Like it's not to this season for me is the you know the dream isn't watch Motherwell get get top six. It's not watch Hamilton go further and further down the championship and into League One where they belong. It's get Malky McKay sacked by any means possible. Mm. Sorry, just just check, just looking at available managers and someone's just freshly become available uh, who I think would be fantastic cue for Celtic. Zoran Mamic, who is the uh, obviously ex Croatia international, was one of their key players of them getting to the semi-finals of World Cup 98, but also he um, just left his post at Dynamo Zagreb after walking the league. Uh, obviously masterminded that win over Spurs in the Europa League, just become available. Uh, he also got his UEFA Pro licence coaching in Ayrshire in Scotland. Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of managers did their UEFA Pro licensing uh, in Ayrshire, and I think it was in Largs as well. Yeah, it's in Largs. Yeah, Jose, Jose Mourinho. Yeah, Jose Mourinho did it there. Andre well. Villas-Boas as well. But um, could be a could be an absolute coup for. Uh... You're doing a better job than this in the Celtic board. Yeah, yeah. But, but, um, I really think I, I doubt I he'll be considered by the club, but I don't see why not. I mean, walks the league with Dino Zagreb. He's not. He's the only club he's actually managed at, other than a stint at Al Nasir, Al Halal, and Al Ain in Saudi Arabia. Um, well, that's, that is how Rangers got Pedro Cushina because he was managing out in the Middle East. So yeah, whoever he won the league in all three, uh, all three of those teams. So he's an average points per game across his managerial career of two point two five, which is better than Neil Lennon's one point nine three. You know, yeah, that is definitely something yeah. Celtic should be looking at. And you've played, you've done a better job of shortlisting in the. <laughs> Than the Celtic board. Well, if the they're if they're days. using their strategy of people who have become available in like the last fucking week, then I could do that for them. Um, but I'll move on now to a, a quick quiz. I've only got three questions, but um, I think we've been 
moaning on about stuff all, uh, the entire time. Um, so, with both Celtic and Rangers in the Champions League qualifiers next season, um, the the last time that both old firm teams got into the Champions League group stage. What, what do you mean, 2010? 910 last, last season, no. It wasn't 910, no. 10, uh, 8 9. 8 9. It's got to be around there. Nope. 4 5? It is around. Okay, it is around there, but it wasn't that season. 11 12. No. No, Rangers, did, <laughs> Rangers did not exist in the 11 12 season. Uh, it was 12 13 that they died. Uh, well, I mean, they, were, 11, had a, they weren't allowed to qualify for Europe in the 11 12 season. Oh, uh, seven eight. Uh, it is seven eight. Yeah, seven eight. Oh. So Celtic mm. were drawn in a group with Milan, Benfica, and Shakhtar, and got to the knockout stages. Was Rangers. that when we got knocked out by UV? Or I'll scroll down in a second and find out. And then Rangers were in the group with Barcelona, Leon, and Stuttgart, and they finished third and then went on to go to the uh, UEFA Cup final Uwe. season, Uwe. Europa League Uwe. final Uwe. against Zenit, and Uefa Cup not... at that point. Yeah, Uefa Cup. Celtic were knocked out by Barcelona in the round of sixteen. Ah, Barcelona. Um, was that would that have been? No, that wouldn't have been that. That would have been the, the Tony Watt one, no. No, no Tony Watt was, was in the group was... stage in two thousand and twelve, thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Uh, and obviously, that's when we got knocked out by Juve in the round of sixteen. But uh, it was the o the ninety nine o o season that we knocked out Juve uh, four three. In Turin, that was a fantastic. Oh, four three at Celtic Park. It was a fantastic game. So it was it was one all in Turin. We knocked it four three at Celtic Park. Absolute zinger of a game. Uh, I think Chris Chris Sutton got a hat trick, uh, and he just one of the best goals of all time. He just absolutely scores a thunder cut against them. Um, to another man who's been at Celtic and he's won every single final he's been it's Re- Brendan Rodgers I want you to know uh, name what trophies he's won he's won Cup. he's Scottish won nine Cup. in total and I want to uh, did he seasons. win nine to- nine in total nine so he's total. won three three Scottish uh, two Scottish league titles which he's won in the, which seasons uh, in the season 16-17 and 17-18 yep he won the F, the Scottish Cup and the League Cup in both those seasons, and then he won another. Mark, Marcus led them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah, then he him. also won the League Cup with Swansea. No, he wasn't there at the time. That was right. uh, like Loudrop at the time at Swansea, oh, okay. so it wasn't. There. Did he win? F- and... Did they then win F- a League Cup the season he left? Maybe. No. no. Did he F- win the Northern Irish Premiership? With somebody. No, he's never managed in Northern Ireland. Does he know? Right. Yeah, he's only there's... managed in England. Reading yeah. was his. He's he's managed at Reading and Watford and Swansea, then Liverpool, right. then Ch- uh, Celtic, then Leicester. Um, uh, FA, oh, FA Cup at Leicester. FA, FA Cup at Leicester. Oh, Lewis has been trying to say that for about seven ta- seven oh, years. So I'll give it to him. Yeah. Um, there was FA one... Cup at Leicester, and then was there not a Carabao Cup at Liverpool? No. No, that was, it was the Capital One Cup back then. This isn't. Yeah, it's it's a final, but it's not a major championship trophy. playoff final. Championship playoff for final. Swansea. In Swansea. what year? Uh, 2009-10. No. 10-11? 10 11 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you a point for each of those. And um, so obviously this season, Rangers have won uh, their fifty-fifth league title. First. 
<laughs> waiting for that. Um, but when did Rangers win their forty fourth league title? Nineteen ninety one. Eighty seven. No. Nineteen ninety one. No, no, wait, because they done nine right. So they done nine in a row and then It was part of the nine in a row, I'll give you that. Part of the nine in a row. So Oh, so it would have been ninety four. Ninety four, yeah, it's bang on. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, their first their first one in the run was uh, 41. It's just 41, 42, 43, 44. Yeah. So it would mean 1994 was number four in the, which was title 44. Um, yeah. So I'll give you, I'll, um, give you half points for each of the Brendan Rodgers' trophy. Uh, so. Uh, so um on the so we've got a joint second we've got Marcus and Lewis with one and a half nice and then Andy has nice. th- Andy has three and a half yeah I've only had three questions it's the only ones I, 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 I made up it was um, a tight it was a tight quiz tight quiz Marcus doesn't want so I'm happy yeah. um <laughs> and so so um Co is not here today. He's down in London doing some getting drunk, probably. Um, so we won't have the final predictions for the Scottish League season. We won't have the final results for that just yet. But we'll start with um, some Euros predictions, um, and I'll send them across to him because see so the Euros coming up. We're doing doing predictions for those, uh, mm. and there's a few warm up games that are happening in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I think you guys wanted to also predict the Champions League final as well, which is, yes. which is tomorrow. Uh, so we'll start with that one, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Uh, I said this before we started recording, and I'm going to stick with it. 1-1 one, one in full time uh, and extra time, and Chelsea to win in pens. I mean, I, I want City to win, but I think Chelsea will win 1-0. Yeah. This. I know. I know. I said all that stuff about Thomas Tuchel earlier, but I'm gonna say one nil City. Hmm. I or see. I feel like Marcus's prediction is good as well, and I, like I feel like everyone's prediction's good, but I just think that with the whole Aguero thing, like not wanting to leave. Call. It's really hard to call, but he did say he doesn't want to leave till he wins the Champions League. So I'm going to say one 0 Man City. I'm, I'm going to Sergio Aguero. Sergio Aguero. I'm going to go similar to Marcus, but I'm going to say City on penalties. Hmm. Um, after a one-one draw, um, it's going to be a tough one to call. Obviously, just the Scottish football podcast, but obviously it's the biggest game in Europe, so we might as well, you know, predict it. Um, and then the first of Scotland's warm-up games is against the Netherlands on Wednesday. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say 2-1 to uh, Nederland. It'll be close, but um, I'd be happy with 2-1. I I think I'll agree with Marcus. I think it'll be Scotland will score first. That'll be great. And points will be going in the air. And then the Netherlands will just peg us back in the second half. So they'll get one right right before halftime. 
and then they'll score another one late into the second it'll half. Be, it'll be a repeat of uh, Mexico versus Netherlands in 2014. I'll get. I'll be getting flashbacks to that. My team goes up one 0 and then <laughs> cheating buggers <laughs> come back. But you said two one as well, Andy. Yeah, two one. I think I'm going to go with three one to the Netherlands. But yeah, I do think that Scotland will score first. But um, because I think Van Dijk is out, so obviously the Netherlands aren't as strong defensively. So Scotland could go and score, but um, I think they'll have too much going forward. Lewis? 3 to the Oranje. 3 now, you say? 3 now to the Netherlands. Right, another warm up um, game uh, on that day is we've got you know, a tight one between Germany and Denmark. Obviously, Denmark, one of uh, uh, Scotland's rivals in the World Cup qualifying. 2 0 Germany. 2 0. I think I'm going to go with... No, I'm, I'm going to go with Denmark 2-1. Because... No, no. You're going to go with no, no. No, Aye, no. This is, I think I think no, no. This is no, no written on it. This is a waste of time to watch. Um, I mean, one... no, we're, we're, these teams are all going to rotate as well. I think we're probably... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Denmark are one of those teams that has a fantastic first 11 and that's about it. Hmm. And they're not going to... They're not going to risk injuries before the tournament, so yeah. German Germany currently gets goals. In... Do they with Timo Werner up front? Do they no, get goals? Yeah, that, that see that's that's my argument. Like it's Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, and uh, Serge Gnabry are kind of their key players there. I suppose maybe Leroy Sané, Marco Reus, but um, like if Havertz and Timo Werner are playing Champions League final. They're not going to play them against Denmark that quick because yeah, they won't want to yeah, risk taking out play. their main striker. So now that's why I'm going with a nil nil. Maybe Gundogan. I don't know if Gundogan still plays for the yeah, national team anyway. But no, he did pull like... an Ozil. No, he is still committed to the German national team. Like hmm. they'll probably have to play like Philip from or someone like that, or uh, who who else could they have as a striker actually? I mean, the German national team is one of those that, like, they tend they tend to rotate all the time just because they have such a wealth of players. So who else could they put up front? I, th- I think they rotate because Lotus lost it, and he's just sending wherever he can out on the pitch just to see if somebody oh, wants to um, come and play good. Voland, I forgot about Voland. Kevin Voland, I thought he was a bit past it. He's at, yeah, he's at Monaco now, I think. Um, and the last one of the warm-up games is going to be quite good for for. Scotland to watch is uh, one of the group rivals against one of the World Cup qualifier rivals. It's hmm. England versus Austria. Oh, Monty Austria, two one Austria. I've nil Austria, three one Austria. Think England love a bad night. <laughs> you know what? I, I think because a lot of English uh, of the English players, obviously the Chelsea, and the Man City ones, and maybe even the Man United ones as well, they will be probably rested for this game. Yeah. Um, so you're just coming off those European finals. So I'm gonna say two um, two. I'll go with two two. Mon the Österreich. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that actually. Eins uh, 0 Österreich. Das. 
he can sum it obviously for people who don't know I'm studying uh, at an Austrian uni right now but I'm not there uh, so that's my affinity for Austria but um, you know when the national team play right they've got uh, what is it called It's they, they play like classical music as the team's entrance because it's like that's their whole deal in Austria <laughs> um, anyway guys that will be the end of the podcast for today I think we got a bit off track there but um yeah, thank you, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week for our big Euro preview pod. Um, but before then, thank you guys for joining me, and we'll see you next week. We'll see cool. you then. See ya. Bye. The False 90s podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean and our website at false90s.wordpress.com. For updates, follow False 90s on both Twitter and Instagram. And a big thank you to Francisco Alvia and his track Space Game, which is our theme tune. Sticks. Oh, guys, stick on the Mozart. We've got proclaimers and bits and pieces, and then the Mexicans, like, we've got um, Cielito Lindo, I forgot the name of it. And then they've got, like, classical music and that least football thing you could put on. Yeah. But, uh, do the Italians not come out to. This is going to sound really, really offensive if they don't, but do, do, do the Italians not come out to, like, Pavarotti or something? Probably. I mean, or, like,. Or was that just a BBC ploy in the 90s <laughs> for Italia 90 just playing Ness and Dorma? Play and repeat, oh yeah, that's Italian enough. They just come out to the, the Mario um, theme tune. <laughs>